Hello, welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Mason podcast. I am Ben Williams, the erstwhile absent host, but we're back. We're pleased to bring you updated relevant content for the new year. We have some great interviews already lined up that are in post-production. I hope you'll tune in to hear them. We interviewed Brent Morris a couple of weeks back. That was incredibly fun. And then before him, we interviewed Chris Earnshaw, past Grandmaster of Japan. That was interesting too. half-hour conversational a dialogue with Grand Encampment Officers Weekly Coffee with the Grand Encampment You can listen to that separately in a different stream but on the same great Rocky Mountain Mason podcast channel Whatever you're doing I hope you're having a great holiday season Here's to better times in 2023. And I suppose we will continue on with the three books of a cult philosophy. Because I guess we probably should. Can't leave you guys hanging in book one now, can we? Not when all the good stuff comes up soon. Hello, thank you for tuning in to the Rocky Mountain Mason podcast. I know it's been a while, and for that I apologize. Life has a curious habit of getting in the way. Turns out the law is a jealous mistress. She takes a lot from you over time. She took my eyes. I know why justice is blind, all that black-letter law, long nights reading and dim light. Certainly, age might have something to do with it, too. But she takes other things from you, too. There's so many deadlines, so many priorities, and much hangs in the balance that it's easy to get sucked into the hole, and everything must be done, and it must be done right. So forgive me. A couple of other issues I won't belabor has have also worked to delay this return. But I'm pleased to be back, even while this first episode, and I guess season three of the Rocky Mountain Mason, brings with it some sad news. You probably have already heard of the passing of Rex Hutchins. On the date of recording, it was yesterday that Rex passed away in the morning. I understand that he succumbed to cancer. I wasn't sure how sick he actually was. I wish I had taken the time, as I had promised him, to come visit him so he could show me his library and the lodge that he had built there in Tucson. It's a fantastic establishment. I've seen pictures. He spent 20 years, probably, maybe more, in getting all of the materials together and making a first-class lodge room. It was fantastic. I will now visit it, and I'm sure I will hear him in my subconscious somewhere, as I walk around in wonderment 
at the fruits of his labors. The first time I met Rex, he taught me the word hapax legomenon, and then gave a bunch of examples. In Churchill's at the Brown Palace, paper napkins dotted with ink. Lilith comes to mind. Late nights in the Brown Palace smoking cigars with Rex covered millennia. I remember one time, walking over the Platte River up from my brother's bar in Denver, probably two, three, maybe four in the afternoon. We'd had a few scotches. And remember, this is at altitude. Rex was probably 70-plus. But out of nowhere, cigarette propped at fingertips, he began reciting, word for word, the entire first page of A Hundred Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez, eyes twinkling in sheer brilliance in the Colorado sun. He taught me the secret of the Sata Rotus Square and his sequence on the Druids, if you're ever lucky enough to hear it. The sources, all documents written by their enemies, was priceless. He could have done anything, written for the best. He once told me that Pike could have been president if he hadn't first walked into the Masonic Lodge, if he hadn't found masonry first. He was one of the greats, Rex said. Same for you, Rex. He once told me and quite sincerely, I assure you, that he was Muslim. He built Notre Dame, or maybe Chartres, in miniature, completely out of matchsticks, as a hobby. Rex was one of those few, rare people capable of promulgating novel ideas. He had original thoughts. I remember once at the Masonic Symposium in Colorado, one of the early ones, when he discussed that things are actually the opposite of what they appear. The example he gave was to consider a black cube. The black cube was in fact not black, because it contained all color and was reflecting none. Whereas the white cube was in fact dark. It contained no color, because it was reflecting all. So it was, Rex supposed, that we lived in a world of opposites. And in many senses, he dwelled upon that checkered pavement, playing the opposites in opposition to established ideas, to smash your moors and make you consider further. Fond of Cuban escapades as well as Cuban cigars, and deep in the midst of it all, as an anthropo anthropology professor, professor who wrote about Cuba, the embargo was open to him. Raul Castro once gave Rex a pair of guns, Hebrew, Sanskrit, the incompleteness of biblical translations, no subject was alien. Anything was possible. All subjects entertained and entertaining. Believe everything if you question everything. No judgment if you can think for yourself. The only crime was stupidity or thoughtlessness. Never afraid to challenge authority, to tell the truth, to startle and amaze, and, when necessary, to shock you to your senses. He was Coyote. I loved him. He was one of the best, one of the very best. Godspeed, good and faithful servant. Enter now into the joy of thy Lord.
was truly an amazing man. Remarkable memory, remarkable breadth of knowledge, remarkable conversationalist, an honest man. Even when he was gaming you, there was a underlying honesty that had the best of intentions. He gets a, a reputation for being cantankerous, for being rude, abrupt, terse, brusque. He wasn't that way with me. There were a couple of times, for sure, where he corrected me. I appreciated it when he did. He wouldn't hold back. He told you the truth. You could trust what Rex Hutchins was saying most of the time. Even when he engaged in hyperbole, even as fiction is capable, perhaps, of more truth. So Rex was full of truth. I'm going to miss him. I really am. Um, I'm so so sad to hear of his passing. I, I really did not realize how ill he was. So um, I hope perhaps you will consider sending him off with a prayer and helping him across the bardo into the glory of the heavenly throne where he will dwell perhaps forever in praise of the most holy name. Well, I wanted this to be a short reintroduction. Um, we'll be putting up a couple of interviews shortly. The first is with Chris Earnshaw, who is a past grandmaster of Japan, and it's a fascinating inter interview regarding the alleged Oriental origins to Freemasonry. It seems that every culture and jurisdiction claims Freemasonry as its own, and I think that's only fair because, of course, Freemasonry claims every culture and jurisdiction as its own. We are a universal fraternity. And so Chris brings some interesting research to the table, and certainly masonry over the years has begged, borrowed, and stole, in some cases, much wisdom collected from the four corners of the world. So I hope you'll tune in to listen to that. Then we have an interview upcoming with none other than Brent Morris, one of the most celebrated and famous Freemasons in the United States, uh, one of the best, uh, good friends of Rex Hutchins, uh, as I mentioned previously. Um, and Brent um, Brent is just simply brilliant um, in so many ways, and uh, interviewing him was fascinating, and I look forward to taking him up on his promise to explain to me various secrets if I bring a lot of beer to his house. And Brent, if you're listening to this, I'm saying it again on the air just to ensure that it does happen. So I'm looking forward to that immensely. Let's see, what else can I say? I've only been talking here for about 11 minutes and 20 seconds, and perhaps that is sufficient to say hello again. I hope you have missed my voice. It's been interesting, actually, in traveling about the country, how many people come forward and say that they listen to this podcast. Honestly, I had no idea. Um, the Rocky Mountain Mason is hosted on Buzzsprout, and Buzzsprout as a podcast platform makes a lot of things very easy. It's got great integrations, and it's a wonderful, affordable hosting platform. And it does track data, but I'm just not sure how complete that data ultimately is because there hasn't been a single lodge where I have visited um, in many states now where somebody or two or three or four have come, haven't come forward and said, oh, man, I love the podcast, which is just incredibly gratifying. So thank you, brethren. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. I look forward to, I hope, entertaining you further and committing to 
the schedule. I'm going to try to get a number ahead so I can buffer if when circumstances arise, as they undoubtedly will, we will be able to continue the schedule going. I thank you for your patience with me and for sticking with me. Also, I'm pleased to announce that the Rocky Mountain Mason is back out. Issue 26 is should be at your door if you're a subscriber. Um, in this particular issue, we have a wonderful in-depth article on the Dionysiac Architects by our editor, Patrick Day. Uh, the Di- Dionysiac Architects feature in various Masonic literature through you know the last century or so as an alleged origin of our fraternity, a kind of glorified mystical cult operative in ancient Greece that through the millennia passed on secrets of stonemasonry encoding these higher sublime moral truths. Well, Patrick is something of a coyote himself. I uh, hope he won't mind me saying he's in good company there. And he takes great pleasure in cutting these legends at the knees and exposing them for what they are, Masonic hyperbole promulgated by unscrupulous researchers, many of whom had an agenda probably to sell books. Sad that that is too familiar in even our age, but it was also as long as masonry perhaps has had access to the printing press by its lay members anyway. I think we contain, as the world itself, the extremes, the opposites, the good and the bad. Most the masonry does make good men better, but some kind of occasionally, as every institution must comprise, go off the deep end, you know? But you can't judge the institution by the few members who do go off the deep end, just like you can't judge America by the few that um, have desecrated what it means to be an American. So at any rate, I, I, I should get off my high horse there. And there's a couple of other, I think, interesting articles. One that I wrote, I, I'm trying to get more opinion in these magazines and more editorial. So I've got one I thought might be of interest about freedom of speech um, and also, you know, the Espionage Act as it is currently targeting Julian Assange and love him or hate him. And I know he's not a popular guy. Um, and, you know, I'm not particularly fond of him either. Um, this is a very important case for reasons that are much larger than his personality. And it must be properly understood what is actually happening to this man because he does not deserve what is happening and neither does the law, neither should the law be able to extend in application the way that it is being applied. It is quite concerning to anybody who promulgates freedom of speech and freedom of the press. And read the article for for more information. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb here and also say that there's an article that I wrote again. I'll take responsibility for this one uh, regarding the alleged origins of the coronavirus of SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19. And I think uh, you'll find that of interest, too. Bear in mind, of course, that as a Freemason, we are capable of entertaining ideas without accepting them. And you know, again, I'm dedicating this now 15-minute podcast to Rex Hutchins in his memory, and I think he would agree, and I think he would support this point. An educated mind can entertain an idea without accepting it. You've heard that before, I'm sure. So let's educate ourselves. Let's entertain contrary opinions. We live in an era, an echo chamber, where it is now impolite to disagree, whereas somehow disagreeing with somebody is a sign of disrespect, when 
In fact, and again, I think Rex was skilled at this, disagreement is and should be seen as a form of respect. You respect somebody enough to tell them your truth and to let them know what you really think. Honesty is respect, and to be honest and fearless in the face of all is what it means to be a Freemason. I would lastly say that I think, and I know I've said this before, that Masonry has never been more relevant because of what is happening in our public censorship, our sort of overly moralizing, divergent society where two sides of a conflict believe that they are morally justified in denigrating the other. I believe in freedom of speech, but you don't have the right to say that. Unfortunately, freedom of speech must attach to the minority opinion, which includes the unpopular opinion. We shouldn't silence somebody for saying something they believe unless it is inciting violence, unless it is damaging immediately, not because it's an ugly or disgusting opinion or something we frankly don't agree with. It's very important. At any rate, thank you for listening, and um, I hope you'll tune in as I bring on more content in the weeks to come. Well, you can see I'm out of practice because that was the wrong button. Let's see what this one does. That seems like it's the right one. Oh, there it is. I think it is. That's the, cres- the crescendo there. So let me simply, you know, tout my magazines, Laughing Lion Publishing. Head to laughinglion.net. We still have a few ties left. The Grand Commander's tie. If you like the Knight Templar tie, you can buy it there. That's laughinglion.net. Issue 26, Rocky Mountain Mason, now out. We're working on issue 27 currently. And issue 4 of The Esoteric Mason is in production. I have a new editor for that. I'm excited to announce that in the future. Please check them out. RockyMountainMason.com, EsotericMason.com, LaughingLion.net. And until next time, take care. And Godspeed. <laughs>